Hello, this is Dr. Adam Slaver, and this is Warrior Health. And today I have two guests, uh, some very good friends of mine, Todd and Cole Witte. They're here to talk to us today about the trauma cycle and what it does to our health, as well as dis-ease. Todd and Cole, uh, thank you for coming. Thanks for having We're us. We're happy man. to be here. Todd and Cole actually are uh, experts in understanding the uh, role of personal development from top to bottom through their combined 42 years of studying human behavior. With firsthand knowledge of what it takes, they're here to guide their clients to optimal well-being. They've had 25 years in emergency medicine, 17 years in educating professionals about life's addictions, 15 years in various shamanic practices, 15 years of personal training and body alignment to New York City's high-stress entrepreneurs and utilizing multiple somatic trauma stress release modalities to recognize the body's subtle cues of dis-ease that evolve into illness. They are body-obsessed and they want their clients to flow with the ease, pleasure, and freedom that comes in integrating with their body. Whether they're attuned to it or not, they are physically affected by the constructs they are participating in. They work closely with their clients to reframe how they function, which requires identifying and dismantling the constructs that they are, they're, they're using and are dysfunctional or out of alignment of where they want to be or how they want to show up in all aspects of their life. life. Tan Cole. Hey. Hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> hey, hey. Hey. Um, so nice to have you guys here. So good to be here. Awesome to be here. Can you tell me a little bit about what your expertise of biointegration and how it's different than biohacking. Absolutely. So, you know, bio is biology. And anyone that's on a path of exploration with wellness will come across the term biohacking or biology hacking. And we love biohacking. We think that it's an incredible tool to gain access to the body. However, what we're looking for is to work with the body and taking all of these practices, whether it's it could be meditation, it could be diet, it could be whatever, and really integrating it with the body instead of continuing to hack into it. We're looking to make it a team effort and really bringing that holistic approach to wellness and longevity. Right, and allowing the body to function uh, in its own flow, not just bypassing its natural processes, not just giving it a booster or a medication or electrical currents or something to make it perform in a super way. And then when that when that uh, modality is not there, the body doesn't perform that way. We want the body to actually integrate into the function so that it can do the functions on its own. Well, you know, that begs the question, you know, there's more and more evidence that shows that there's a mind-body connection, that your state of being affects your overall health. Can, can you at least tell me or tell our listeners a little bit more about that? I mean, one way to consider it is when you think about when you can't sleep at night and you're anticipating going to a job that you don't like and you start thinking about the future. And if you don't go to the job, you're not going to be able to feed your kids or take care of your family and you start to feel that fluttering in your chest. So that is the body's response to the thought process, which makes it release certain types of hormones which fortify the feelings of stress anxiety you know whatever however you translate the experience and so what we are here to help people uh, well what we're here to do is really translate the body's language for an individual until we understand the subtle cues of the body we can't get to the source, you know, and as powerful as medications are, if we aren't getting to the source of what's creating the dysfunction, we, 
we can't just medicate over it. You can't mind over matter your physiology. So when you when you're stressed and your body is is in a place where it's looking to move away from stress, the the signals that we get, if we get pain, pain is a signal. And if we ignore the pain or we bury the pain, it doesn't stop what's going on underneath the signal. We just bury the signal. When we follow the signal and we lean away from the pain or we lean away from whatever the stressor is, the body can actually relax and fall into resetting itself and healing whatever whatever problematic situation was there. So if uh, if there are there are many ways that the body responds to stress, the stress can be uh, it's it's also for, it's always from a threat. The threat that something is going to happen to the the human organism and the organism isn't just physical it's also a mental organism it's also a spiritual organism so if your idea of yourself is threatened your body can get stressed and your body will give you signals to move away from those ideas that that don't serve you and if you don't know how to really look into that and see into that you can stay in the same type of toxic thought patterns that cause your body a disruption so that's where the mind body connection comes into play and when you have multiple elements of stress multiple constructs as we call them that are structures in your life that cause you stress pulling or jabbing or or doing pricking at you at the same time and you can't peel them back, it causes a lot of strain on, on the mind. And when the mind translates into the brain, the brain uses a lot of the body's resources. At any given time when your body is at rest, your body uses about 25%, your, your brain uses about 25% of your body's resources as in oxygen, uh, energy, glucose, uh, water it, and and when you get more stressed that can go up to 50 60 percent if you're thinking about a lot of different stuff and you're working and you're moving around and you're running and you're doing all this stuff and if your brain is using all of those resources your body can't catch up and this is where uneasiness comes from this is where disease comes from and if your body if you start having a pain in certain areas of your body and you don't listen to it it can it, be, it can become very disruptive Awesome. Well, I appreciate that explanation. You know, it, it's funny. There's more and more evidence that shows that that um, not only does your brain uh, contain memories, but actually the body itself contains memories. Um, how does that play in terms of your your overall um, your overall uh, uh, procedure in terms of dealing with patients and their trauma and and helping them get get beyond those constructs that are stressing them? So it's data collection first. You know, we're looking for the whole story. We're not only looking for medical history. We're looking for Trauma history, one of the things we start with would be the ACE score, which is known as the Adverse Childhood Experiences. You can go to aces2high.com and find out your score. There has been, uh, there was a very large study of, I mean, it was, I forget the number right now, but like 1,700 people in this study where they had certain types of childhood trauma and they saw how that played out in adulthood with certain kinds of medical conditions. So for us, it's data collection first. You know, we are, we are looking to have as much information to find the trends and the consistencies and through our experience have found certain kinds of dysfunctions in the body, you know, from even if someone wasn't physically abused, uh, with a lot of women that I've worked with, the ones that were physically abused often had a higher resiliency only because the way their physical body could heal helped their mind understand that healing was possible where if they had been under a great deal of emotional trauma or emotional abuse there was no visceral experience of healing 
And so it's very interesting how we've categorized trauma or abuse as being physical. And there's this line in the sand that makes something appropriate or inappropriate versus dysfunctional for an individual. So for us, it really comes down to collecting as much information as possible because you may have had a big trauma in your past and because it's obvious it was a trauma, you got support from it and yet the little comments from a parent or an adult in your life is what's actually driving most of your experience and decision making now. Thanks. I, I was also wondering, you know, there, there's... Um... There's another modality called somatic experience. I, I know that you guys practice or you, you're experts in, in um, uh, uh, TRE. Mm -hmm. Could you explain the difference between somatic experience and TRE? So TRE is a physical uh, body modality where we get the body to we get, we get the body to fatigue to a point where it relaxes and it allows the body to stimulate and we get the body into a position that stimulates what's called a neurogenic tremor, which is when when the nervous system starts to cause the body to shake and release tension that it's been holding on to for who knows how long. It's almost like a, a wound up slinky. Yeah. And so when so when animals get attacked or when something happens to a dog, you see them shake. That's that's their natural uh, release mechanism. Uh, we are taught as human beings to sit still, not to move. That looks silly. Don't do that. It looks crazy. So we don't shake off. We we learn how to suppress that as human beings. And that that's a it's a very physical modality. Whereas somatic experiencing is is a very psychological, it comes from a psychological standpoint where you go in and you ask the person questions and it, so, it sort of triggers uh, the opening points from a psychological standpoint that triggers the body to release things. So where uh, somatic experiencing starts off psychological and moves into physicality, uh, TRE starts physical and stays physical. Understood. Mm -hmm. Understood. Um, you, you know, many people who um, undergo lifelong trauma, um, it, it's not so obvious. It's really not so. I mean, yes, you have people that lose parents and you have people that, that get into car accidents. But as you mentioned before, there, there's subtle trauma. Can you talk a little bit more about how those subtle traumas add up and, and how one can actually address them and, and, and move past them to at least help them the meal? Yeah, I mean, part of it for us is we don't even identify it as a part of healing, just as a part of optimization and wanting to experience life the way that an individual wants to experience it and looking for that optimized awareness of their body. So for us, it's, it's understanding that even the things that we witness are traumatizing with Facebook, with the news, if someone is a first responder or a nurse or a doctor, that they are also experiencing trauma because of their position in their job. So it's really looking at the, what is going on in your body. And it could be anxiety. It could be you're anticipating you're going into work the next day. Or you've been in a fender bender before, so if you hear tires screech, it puts your body on edge. And all of these little what we call trauma continuums or, or trauma cycles stay open in the body. The nervous system was not given the opportunity to downregulate. So you're adding all of these little things that don't seem like a big deal, but as they accumulate... They trigger the fight or flight response. Absolutely. And then you don't know where it's coming from because it doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. 
you know, we're looking for everything to be a big deal if it feels this big as far as an experience. And quite honestly, the big traumas we tend to handle because they're obvious. It's obvious. It's the it's little in your face. Thing. Right. And also understanding that trauma is not what happens to you. Trauma is your response to something that happens. Your framework, your story that goes it, around that it, incident. Yes, and it is a very physical uh, phenomenon as well. When when something happens, uh, let's say you're in a car accident, the body prepares to respond to the to the to the accident. So everything that the body does is, is when the trauma cycle opens. So if let's say uh, you're walking down the street and somebody walks up to you and pulls out a knife, the knife, somebody pulling out a knife and, and, and thrusting it at you is not the trauma. The trauma is when your body comes online to protect yourself. The adrenaline starts, your heart rate goes up, your, your digestive system slows down, your immune system drops down, your, your pupils get ready, all of these things, your mouth dries out and your, your, the, the blood in your body starts to go to your muscles as you get ready to either fight or run away. That's when the, flight, the fight or flight mechanism gets activated and your body can go into fight or flight. If, if you, you can fight or run away, your body down, starts to downregulate and that's when you go into the shaking and you discharge the energy. If you're not able to get away your body then goes into what's called a free state freeze. and it prepares to die and that's when your body starts to release other hormones like like dopamine dmt all of these things so that you don't feel when you die and that's what happens when you freeze if the body then becomes safe you go back into fight or flight that's why when people tense up tense up and then they get ready to fight or run away again then the body goes into the down regulation and it starts to normalize when a, a lot of times we get into a trauma cycle which is actually a physical phenomenon and we're not allowed to finish and discharge that energy the hormones that we release during a trauma cycle uh, adrenaline cortisol all these other things have to be the body has to get rid of them and if we don't allow the body to get rid of them this stuff stays built up in the body and it becomes problematic it becomes toxic mm -hmm. it becomes dis-ease yes well, like and the thing is we aren't anticipate or we're not considering the fact that even if you're at a job at work and your boss is getting upset with you and you don't feel like you can communicate or talk back to them or respond your body can go through the same sensation of fight or flight and activate those responses even though it's it's not perceived danger as far as something like a car accident or being you know chased by a woolly mammoth it still can happens. i know it <laughs> happened to me on saturday yeah, i'm still recovering oh. that, you know it's just bad it's ghastly <laughs> <laughs> but it's knowing that our mind does not perceive the difference it just feels threatened and it doesn't matter what the threat is physical or emotional the body's response to it is actually the same, same. yes right. stress and trauma run along a very similar continuum and they produce very similar hormones it may not be the same concentrations but they run along the same continuum and you and end up with a sim similar response within the body right yes. if you're afraid you're afraid if you're afraid that your your mom's going to leave you or you're afraid that get you're, fired you're get fired all of these things trigger the same type of response and when we stack thing upon thing, if you have your job threatening you, you go home and you have your spouse threatening you and you have your friends threatening you and you live in a bad neighborhood and your rent's not getting paid. So you may get thrown out in the street. All of these things stack up and pile up. And they, again, draw from the resources of the brain when the, of the body by, by fortifying the brain. All of that stuff goes into the brain and the body cannot heal itself. And this becomes dis-ease. 
So even when you're looking at those future fears, your hormones will release according to that already being real. So if you have the fear of losing your home or the inability to sustain your family structure or taking care of your kids, your mind doesn't know that that hasn't happened, happened yet. Yeah. So it's going to release hormones in that response as if it's in the now right now. Yeah. And then those hormones, that feeling is going to make you feel depressed. And it's that is what's going to create a very real experience of the future. You know, there's another thing I want to bring up. In, in medicine, there's a newer concept coming online about epigenetics. Mm. And there's this interesting experiment they've done with these, these mice. Um, these mice actually usually have a brown coat. Or, or I'm not sure if it's brown or if it's gray, but they had a certain color coat. It was brown in this example. And they started feeding those mice a methylated feed. They fed it a special feed. And by doing so, they're able to change the color of the coat to a gray coat. And that those effects actually span not only for the, the mice that actually ate, but also for their children and also for their grandchildren. That concept of epigenetics or changing gene expression um, is, is been um, more so in, terms of in the physical realm. In terms of what you've eaten, what you've been exposed to, what toxins have been in your environment. There's now another concept coming online in terms of the idea that your grandparents' experience, their emotional experience, their trauma can affect the way you are activated when you're within that type of situation and in a similar vein. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, there was actually another study done with mice uh, along that line where the before the mother mouse even was pregnant, they were shocking with, you know, they would make a certain noise and shock the mouse. And then the mouse was pregnant, had babies, and they noticed when they just made the noise Sound. that the baby mice responded to the noise as if the trauma had occurred. And this is something that there's been a lot of research with Holocaust survivors, children, and certain things that have expressed behavior-wise or medically. So this is not a foreign concept anymore with science. And it's something that there's a book out called Genius Food. Max Lugavere has done a tremendous amount of research around this specifically, both with trauma and with nutrition in how it impacts gene expression. And it's something that we call not only cultural considerations, uh, what one of the things we discuss in great detail is something called multi-construct strain, where someone's societal constructs of their family and the cultures they come from, how that impacts their health and well-being, how it expresses in their genes. Right. And I mean, when you look at it, when you look at humanity, when you look at the world, we evolve based off of uh, how, uh, you know, what we're exposed to as far as environment is concerned. And our emotional environment is still an environment and it changes the vibrational quality of the human organism. And that causes the DNA to react a certain way. So the genes express a certain way. And, and this is and it's the same thing when you're exposed to anything physical, chemicals, shocks, sounds, emotions. You know, when you look at this slave, the African slave trade and how people are as a result of it. Um, trickling down when you look at the Holocaust survivors it's all the same thing this is evolution and it's dysfunctional evolution unfortunately and and it's just, this is why we want people to be able to to see themselves and and be able to recognize these stressors so that they can peel back these layers and not activate these genes in their children moving forward you know for the average person just you know listening to this where do they start if they want to address these issues? Where, where should they go to? What resources should they, they actually access? 
I'll start with some that I love, which is The Body Keeps the Score by Bessel van der Kolk. Anything by Peter Levine really starts to explain the physiology of how the body stores trauma like a sponge and it doesn't always it doesn't always release it again, which was very much my experience with my medical conditions and in particular with fibromyalgia and endometriosis. I found a very close tie to sexual trauma and shame associated with it and also with, uh, I guess, self hate for a lack of, you know, just to keep it simple. So those are some huge ones for me that I love. And then finding a practitioner of somatic experiencing. Uh, we have a dear friend that we do projects with, Will Reason, who is always doing videos and educational materials. And going to wellness summits, you know, there's a TRE, Tension Trauma Release Exercise, which is a modality, cranial sacral therapy, um, are all somatic-based experiences that can help close some of these old trauma cycles without getting into the story. And for me, <clears throat> uh, there's a book by Gabor Mate called uh, When the Body Says No. Very important read. Uh, there's also a book by Steve Sisgold called What Is Your Body Telling You? two very impactful books in my life and that I've, that I've told a lot of people to read and have, has made some significant changes. And more than books and seminars and all of these wonderful things and modalities, for people to be radically honest with themselves about the way they're living, radically honest about themselves, and in, in, are they really feeling connected? Is their body telling them that they're not connected to their relationships, that they're not connected to the places that they live, to, to the, the things that they follow, their family structures, their religions, their, their, their nationality, all of these things that may make a person question themselves. Is there something wrong with me because I don't fit into this place? I don't feel right here, yet society is telling me this is how I need to perform. Can you move away from that? And can you get support and the people around you to support you in moving away from the things that make your body feel uncomfortable? If your body is uncomfortable, it's not for no reason. Can you lean away from it? Do you know how to? And can you get the support that you need? Most important things for me. Listen, I have to be honest, I, I really am very much impressed with the two of you and the fact that you're integrating the idea that your mental state, your mind has a, a dramatic impact on in terms of how your body functions, how your health uh, is manifested, and how you're able to, to at least operate within the world. And I have to thank you again for stopping by my studio and talking with me today. I know you guys are very busy and have a very busy travel schedule, um, but um, I really appreciate, honor, love you guys. And, um, and look forward to talking to you more. Thank you so much. We love you so we much. We love you so much. And if anyone listening wants to check us out, you can find us at tacole.com. That's T-A-H-K-O-L-E.com. We love you. Well, thank you again. This is Warrior Health with Dr. Adam Splaver. Thank you for joining us.